Salutations and shit, guys. Um, welcome back to episode 57, actually. Um, I'm your host, D. Carrie, and you are now listening to Travel and Shit. If by chance you just pressed the button and I magically began speaking into your ears. Um, Travel and Shit is a travel podcast where I myself will discuss not necessarily how I do different types of travel, but more what was experienced, how I felt about it, what I learned, etc., etc. And I occasionally have guests. This week I am solo. And um, before I jump into the episode, let me say that thank you to those of you that have been asking for how you can watch me. Um, because you can now watch the podcast episodes on YouTube. Um, as of now, there's no easy search for the website, not the website, for the um, podcast on YouTube. It's, you just put in travel and shit, but make sure you use the, um, about to call it an asterisk, the exclamation mark instead of the I in shit so that you can find it the same as you are searching for it in your um, podcast app. So um, it's on YouTube if you want to actually watch the podcast, um, but it's as normal and as you are listening, um, it's still available on uh, digital streaming platforms. As of now, it's just iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes, but that will be expanding um, in the weeks to come. Also, if you have been paying attention to the episode descriptions, you can see that I have a code with Airbnb. Actually, everybody does, y'all. Heads up if you don't have one. Um, or if heads up if you didn't know. But there is a link for um, those of you that would like to support me in travel and shit. And also if you would like to get money off your initial bookings. I believe it's, what, no, I wrote it down. It's $40 off of a home and $15 towards a $50 experience. So that's for new Airbnb users. You can definitely use my code that's in the episode descriptions as well as on my website, dcarry.com. And um, yeah, those are the announcements. So this week's episode. Oh, happy Halloween, motherfuckers. It is... Um, either on Halloween or around Halloween, whenever you will listen to this. Um, unless, of course, you are tardy to the party and you're listening to this six months from now and you're actually just starting from the beginning and working your way up to the current greatness. Um, thank you to those of you who are doing such. But um, this episode will be released on Halloween. So I have grandiose visions for future episodes, but this year's Halloween episode will be um, just Halloween themed, if you will. Some of the, um, I guess, not notes of Halloween, but some of the common things that you think about in relation to Halloween, of course, I can find a way to link it to travel. So um, again, the kid has an outline. Yay me. So I wrote it down. So for those of you watching, this is why I'm turning. Oh, and heads up to um, the travel and shit dad hat. I got this done in Atlanta. Super excited. I wear this shit like every day. And if you're actually watching the episodes, you've probably noticed that I wear my Janae's Dance Experience hoodie like every day also because it's cold as fuck in New York. But actually, let me take that back. Thanks to global warming, we've had really great weather and do I enjoy it? Yes. However, I know that it has uh, a detriment on the environment. So sad for that. Happy for um, not having to be in a bubble in October. But um, yeah, so I wear whatever is closest to me in terms of hats and hoodies. And these two are it. And these are actually two of my favorites currently. So here we have it, right? Um, so to the episode, the sweet a mask, costume, and fear. Those were some of the things that I had come to mind um, the quickest when I thought of Halloween and um, follow me. So in terms of fear, let me just start with this one. Um, 
I think I mentioned this on a prior episode, but for me, I don't want to say that travel and fear are now mutually exclusive because I've been to a couple of places. I haven't gotten afraid of any destination in particular. I would say since I was um, in, well, en route to Casablanca. And I got to say that that experience for me was um, very defining because it adjusted the way that I see fear. Um, And I don't mean it in a sense of simply travel. It just overarching trend in life. I look at fear differently. Um, While I was in the airport on my waiting for the plane, um, and mind you, Casablanca was um, a long layover. I think I had 22 hours there. And for the life of me, I have no idea where I was actually going. But um, fuck, maybe it'll come to me later. But I was sitting in the airport and I had like these huge Jackie O frames and I had to put them on because I'm literally like about to cry, to cry. I'm about to cry. I'm like, my eyes are like right at that point where it's like, ooh, it's about to spill over. And I definitely don't like, um, I don't like crying in public. So I was trying to hold it all together and I was sitting there wondering why I was so afraid to go um, on this trip in particular. And what I started doing that I'd never done before was actively trying to name what my fear was. I began actually trying to pinpoint what about that experience that I was feeling in that moment was making me scared. Usually when I'm scared, it would just be, okay, I'm scared. I'm scared. This is scary. I've never done it before. Woo, woo, woo. But then in this instance, I really tried to pull apart what about this trip was um, giving me anxiety. I used the time to sit and think about all the things that I had done in my regular life and in the you know, not so far away past and the far away past that I was afraid of that I ultimately ended up doing anyway. So like in terms of work, I'm looking at all the things that I do at work that were scary initially, but then ended up not being scary after you did it. Um, I tried to think of different experiences where I had um, overcome something that was a big deal initially. And um, after getting it done, it was like, really, that was nothing to be stressed about. So also I ended up calling one of my friends and he did a great job of, you know, calming me down and not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, A lot of times when you tell somebody what you're afraid of, they kind of just give you like the, oh, but were you afraid? like, that's nothing to be afraid of. And they just kind of like, he, was, he wasn't dismissive. He actually sat with me and tried to talk through, you know, why, you know, me doing this whole, what I was trying to put a name on, trying to put a finger on in terms of what my fear was. So when people ask um, how to start traveling solo or how to go to places that they've never been. Some people have never left the country. Some people have never, um, you know, left their own state or left their um, immediate regional areas, if you will. Like if you're from up north, like you don't go anywhere past, say, Virginia and shit like that, right? So what I tell people is put a name on it. Pick apart what you're afraid of and the small, like the further down you go, like the deeper you go into what it is you're afraid of, you're able to kind of demystify it. It, it takes away some of the power when you can make it smaller, when you can, um, lessen the overall experience or, well, yeah, the experience of the emotion. And when you can make it less of a grandiose and unknown, Me personally, I know I have a thing with the unknown. And I think that it's because 
of a lack of control. If I don't know what's going to happen, I'm not able to prepare for it. And if I'm not prepared, then I may have to um, figure something out really quickly, or I may be in a situation where I don't have um, a say on what I end up being um, involved with, if you will. So when I can reel it back into something controllable in terms of my fear, it makes it a little more easier to deal with. So that's my general um, experience with fear as it is um, currently, and also my advice to people that have certain fears with traveling, whether it be the distance, whether it be the type of environment that they're putting themselves in. Like if you're a city person and you've known nothing but cities and every time you travel, you go to, you know, another really, um, you know, I don't want to say touristy place, but if you go someplace, that's another major city. Like you leave New York and you go to Paris, you leave New York and you go to Barcelona, you leave New York and you go to, um, I don't know. What's another like major city. I think go to fucking Brussels. I don't know. As opposed to going to, um, someplace like, I'm, I know I'm going to fuck up the name. I think it's Guanabacao or, I don't remember what the um, the place in Cuba I went to. I flew into Havana, but I didn't stay in Havana exactly the first couple of days. I think it was like the first four days, three days or so. I ended up staying in a little coastal town. And um, yeah, it's totally not very uh, city-like. So whatever it may be, there's a way for you to... Uh, reel those fears in when it's something that you're unfamiliar with. So yeah, Halloween fears, there's that on that. Then costumes, as opposed to going down the wearing the clothes of the community that you're in route, I decided to go with how I blend in when I travel, kind of my travel costume, if you will. And it's not exactly a costume because it's very easy. How do I word this? Um, I'm mad basic. I'm mad regular. I don't, I'm not really a dress up kind of gal. My good friends know that if I can't wear chucks, then I don't want to go. Also, if someone's not going to pick me up, I don't want to go either because as quiet as it's kept, having a car does not mean that I like to drive. I actually hate driving. Um, I'd rather go on a long road trip by myself or with my dad. I'll drive to the end of the world and back with my dad. But I don't like taking road trips with other people. So if I can't travel by myself on said road trip, don't need to be included. But um, all that being said, I'm a very, very casual person. In my mind, I'd like to think that uh, senior me, older me, um maybe 60 plus me uh, is going to be an absolute bad bitch that wears heels and blouses and slacks everywhere. Alas, don't know if that'll actually happen, but I think that it's relatively easy for me to blend in when I travel because I'm not really grandiose. A lot of times you'll see a bunch of travel photos, if you will, on the gram where there are these um, elaborate outfits. And mind you, these people look great. They look incredible. And if this is their thing, then who am I to, um, you know, um, I don't want to say judge. Cause I feel like I'm not even saying this in a judgy way, but it's, it's far be it from me to, um, comment on anyone else's fashion. Right. Well, actually, no, I am somebody, my opinion does matter. Clearly I've I'm here giving you my opinions, the entire premise of the podcast, right? But I say all that to say, do you. I I, I don't mean that um, there's anything wrong with dressing up, but I feel like if you're going to a third world country, if you will, being uh, prodded out head to toe in a very obvious manner is not exactly the best way to be 
incognito. You know what I mean? Um, you might want to consider scaling that back. Like they always tell you, don't wear your expensive jewelry when you travel. And by expensive jewelry, um, it's generally understood to be flashy jewelry because you could have very demure jewelry and it still be expensive, but you don't want to wear flashy shit. Like if you are um, newly engaged and your boo really dropped a, you know, a couple of, uh, actually, let me not even say that because there are even big cheap rocks. We all know this, but it's not exactly the best idea to walk around with, you know, a huge diamond on your finger. If, you know, again, you're going someplace where people are, struggling to meet basic needs the same way um you keep a certain um mindset when you're in neighborhoods back in your home state or home city that you're not too familiar with you got to keep the same sense when you go abroad um i also am not for me again the whole costume and not looking like a tourist thing when I travel is a little easy because I don't wear heels places. So in certain areas, being in heels all the time and being, you know, I don't want to say overly presentable because I'm really not trying to shade myself because I I don't walk around with like holy, I do work on my holy jeans. But I mean, I think that my aesthetic as you can see, is uh, a woman of the people. So I don't look dressed up when I'm going places. I, I am always in jeans and some chucks. I do a cutesy little one-two here and there, but it's in appropriate settings. Um, and I feel like that is the overarching major theme to keep in mind is that you have to make sure that you are being appropriate for the settings that you're in. I don't really like doing the whole selfie thing, the the obvious selfie. So the one of these when you're out and about and in front of something and somebody is making it, you know, when, when you, not somebody, but when you're making it obvious that you're taking pictures of yourself, that for me is uncomfortable just because I guess I'm not of the generation where I was born with a phone in my back pocket. So I had to adjust to getting to having a cell phone for one. And then I also had to adjust to cell phones with cameras. So cell phones with cameras, let alone forward facing cameras is still, you know, um, that came after all of my developmental years. I was already grown for the most part when those were like a very popular thing. So it's not like, um, I guess you see younger people doing the whole selfie thing and it's not as big a deal for them. I don't think because it's something that they're, um, that they got used to much earlier in life. So it's not as, um, and also they're more so surrounded with a demographic of people that's doing it as well. Um, I find myself in situations where people are generally my age, a little bit older. So we're not doing the whole selfie thing. So for me personally, it's a little more uh, discomforting to be obviously taking a photo of myself in public. Now, if I find myself in a very touristy location, that's a different story. If I'm in a fucking museum, if I'm in some place that has a very public display of art or um, uh, dancing or whatever it is, but if I'm in a space where that is to be the, the norm, I'm all with the shits. If I'm not the only person that's pulling out a camera and doing the whole photo thing, I'm way more comfortable. But when I'm just walking on the streets and I see like really great street art, or if I see um, some really incredible scenery, whatever the case may be is, I'm always a little more hesitant to take a photo just because I don't want it to be obvious that I'm not from here. Also, I am aware of what people around me are doing, what locals are doing. If People aren't out and about in the street with phones in their hands. I don't want to be the only motherfucker with a phone in their hand, especially again, when you're in a third world country or you're in a place that what's normal for you isn't necessarily normal for the people that um, live in the area that you're visiting. So I feel like um, for the most part, being appropriate in whatever situation you're in is key. It's kind of like if you showed up at the beach 
with, you know, a sweatsuit on and some, you know, sneakers and you just laid there, you would stand the fuck out. So if you're going to something water related, be water related dressed. If you're going someplace where you know you're going to be walking a lot, look like you know that you're going to be walking. And if that is heels and a dress for you, by all means, sis, go for it. But keep in mind that you might stand the fuck out when you, um, you know, aren't keeping in mind what is, damn, I don't really want to say socially acceptable because that's another conversation. I know that I realized when I went to um, Doha in Qatar, which is in the Middle East, that I'm very fucking American when it comes to how I dress. I wear short shorts, crop tops, tank tops. Um, So even though it's a very hot country, I knew that I basically couldn't walk around with that much skin showing. So when I tried to go through my wardrobe to find items that were that covered my skin while also allowing me to get some air because, okay, yeah, I have long sleeve shirts, but I have long sleeve shirts for winter, not long sleeve shirts for summer. That is a different type of long sleeve shirt. So those were things that I was made aware of. And even though I'm not going to um, go to say Hawaii and put on a grass skirt because that's what, you know, the typical image of Hawaii is, um, in terms of, you know, doing watching people do the hula dances and shit like that. I, I, what I'm saying is I'm not going to go someplace and jump into what the locals are wearing. But what I am going to do is be respectful of the cultural norms of said locals. So if your women cover themselves when they're out in public, if they're if the bare minimum is shoulders and knees, or knees and elbows at what needs to be covered. That's what the fuck I'm going to do. I'm also going to, again, like I said, you want to be aware of what the people around you are doing. If you're um, staying at a resort per se, I think when I went to Thailand, I was prepared to be a little more modest in terms of how I dress, but I realized that I stayed at a resort. So I didn't have to be um, that modest when I was, in the immediate area of where I was staying because there were a shit ton of tourists walking around everywhere. So whereas I'm worried about having like my shoulders out or if I'm worried about whether or not, damn, are these shorts that that short? I'm watching bitches walk across the street in a sarong and a bikini. You know what I mean? So it's like, (coughs) excuse me, guys. When you're, you know, in an area, just be mindful of what's happening around you One, in terms of being respectful to the culture of the people that you are um, placing yourself in the midst of, because that's like somebody walking into your house and them putting their can of soda on your TV stand or putting your can of soda like right next to your laptop. I mean, their can of soda by your laptop. You know what I mean? It's just disrespectful shit. You don't walk into somebody's house and, you know, start doing shit that's, well, disrespectful. So... Um, that's how I tend to blend in and feel like less of a tourist when I'm abroad. I also don't believe in those like hidden fanny pack bag things, those, um, secret stash things. Although one of the really cool tips that I did get in terms of a secret stash is, um, bringing a, like a water bottle, like, you know, those blender bottles or something like that's what I bought. So that when I go to the beach, I'll put like my cash and like my room key, like the shit that I can't lose in a, like there's, I bought like a, it's a black one. So you can't see through because it don't make sense to buy a clear one, guys. The whole point is hiding your importance, hiding your valuables so that somebody that's kind of just like picking shit across the beach, that's like just picking stuff up, isn't going to pick up your valuable shit. So, but at the same time, You don't want it to be obvious, if you will. So if you're going to end up having to pull your phone or go back to it or go back in there, that's not the place for it. That's not the place for your phone. So you can still bring your bag to the beach, but then something like a stash of cash, your room key and um, 
I always travel with, say, like a burner cell. I travel with my iPhone 6. And if I feel like, I, like, for example, I'm a solo traveler. So if I go to the beach by myself, I don't necessarily, I'm not going to just not bring my phone with me. You see what I'm saying? But what I will do is when I'm taking pictures and in terms of and possibly using Wi-Fi from a restaurant that's nearby, I will use my iPhone 6 and keep my actual iPhone that I carry daily in that um in that bottle in the in the like the big cup. It's like um one of those blender cups where it comes with like little blender ball and shit like that. So it's large enough that it'll fit my phone and um make it, you know, a discreet little hiding place as opposed to spending, you know, like the 20 30 dollars that they want for um like the what do you call it? Like, you know, I have those Coca-Cola bottles where you can twist off the bottom kind of thing. I bought like a $10 blender bottle. So for me, I like having that little added step of um, security, if you will. It ain't foolproof at all, but um, it just made me feel good to feel like I was trying to be extra vigilant and not being as um, dismissive about the safety of my valuables when I am out and about. So this way you can leave what looks like your bag, um, well, it actually is your bag, but you can leave your bag next to, um, you know, by the towel and shit like that and not worry about somebody taking the shit that you actually want to hold on to. Um, so yeah, say all that to say, be aware of your surroundings, um, take certain cues from said surroundings, um, to kind of dictate how you move, not in this sense of monkey see monkey do, but you don't want to be the only person with headphones on when you see that it's a place where everybody is um, keeping their cell phones and shit like put away and all that jazz. Oh, another thing is ask fucking locals. I, my favorite person to ask about where I should go, shouldn't go, where what places I shouldn't stay in because sometimes areas are great during the day, but as soon as that sun goes down, you don't want to be there. Are the taxi drivers and your um, drivers that are, you know, prearranged to pick you up, whatever. You can always ask your driver um, for the, for the scoop on places that you may not want to stay too long in. I know once in Peru, the driver that, um, picked me up from my hotel and brought me to um, the main city. I stayed in, I want to, I think it's San Juan is the capital. It's either San Juan or San Jose of um, Peru. I stayed there. I didn't go, um, not Peru, shit, Costa Rica. Sorry. Um, people from the hotel and I told him that, you know, just leave me here for the day and I'd like you to just come pick me back in the afternoon or the evening. And he was like, oh, well, what time do you, are you staying, you shouldn't really, I'm going to come get you at like five o'clock. I said, say less. I get it. He's like, yeah, it's just not really, uh, it's not the same city. It's not the same area at night. So I'm not going to argue with you. I don't got shit to do out here. So if you're telling me this is not someplace I want to be after a certain hour, I'm going to take your fucking word for it. And so he sure enough picked me up at the prearranged um, destination and took my ass back. Um, same thing in Peru. I was in Lima, but I stayed in um, shit. It's what's the name of it? Oh, uh, not Miraflores. I'm pretty sure it's Miraflores. So it's kind of like um, if you live in Queens, but you live in Jackson Heights or you live in Jamaica or you live in South Ozone Park. That's kind of my understanding of what Miraflores is to Lima is to Peru, right? So I was in Miraflores, which is supposed to be a very safe city. But my taxi driver was like, hey, sis, so here we're basically at the border. We're maybe six blocks away from a different uh, Providence or area of the city. So if you go this way, I'm telling you the food is great over there. Don't take your phone out, period. Don't do it. Leave it in your pocket. Make sure you look like Figure out where it is you're going. Go there. Do not use your phone for navigation. Don't call nobody. Don't text nobody. Go eat your food. Come back. So um, I really appreciate the drivers for keeping me safe while I'm abroad. And make sure that you heed those examples. 
And it's one thing if you're going with somebody else, so you have some kind of backup to tap in should you need assistance on something. But if you don't have said backup, use your head, right? So um, that goes to the costume of it. And then what I was really looking forward, this one I think is going to be fun. So the sweets of it, the candies, the little, um, little nuggets of things that we all love. And for me, that um, it's basically how I experience myself when I'm abroad. I didn't realize how important travel would be to me until I actually left. I love the way traveling feels like I like how I feel in myself. Like I love how I experience myself when I'm abroad. I find that I'm much more adventurous. I also find that I'm way more social when I travel. I'm a very um, laid back person. I guess you would say I'm a homebody. I find so much joy in being by myself. I plan to do nothing on my weekends because I spend all day doing for other people at work. Um, all day. And then you come home and how many hours do you really have to yourself to do something that not only do you want to do or something that you may need to do um, before that has got to go to sleep because quiet as is kept, niggas need sleep. You have to sleep or you don't, or you die. Like that whole sleep when I'll sleep when I'm dead thing. It's that that's cute until you go a couple of days and then you have to sleep. So sleep is essential. And um, I take it quite seriously. And so um, I find that when I'm home, I do less, much, much less socializing. I don't really go out. I mean, part of that is because I don't really like the whole, where am I going? What do I have to wear? Can I get there quickly? How, do I have to take an Uber? Do I have to, am I going to drive? If I drive, do I have to park? It's all of that just like planning and pre, I don't enjoy it. So I tend not to go places. Say all that to say, I thrive by myself. I am great company. So I don't understand why I wouldn't want to spend it with me. Right. So personally, I love being by myself. That's probably another reason why I enjoy solo travel. But I find that that enjoyment um, or that love of my own company kind of, how can you put it, um, makes it so that that love of being by myself makes it so that I have no problem not interacting with people while I'm home. When I travel, I'm much more willing, well, not willing, I think isn't the right word. I'm much more, yeah, maybe willing is, I'm much more willing to um, go and be about the, 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 the public, the streets. I, I, I go out. I make it my business to engage with other people. What I will say, though, is that it, in my experience, in terms of seeing which situations I flourished the most in have always been when I was around other people of color. So I can think back on different. And when I say engaging with people around me, it's generally when I am on tours. I have the best time when I book um, an excursion or anything with say, um, of course my favorite Airbnb. Um, but like when I book something to do, it is the way that I travel solo without always having to be solo. I find that I tend to gravitate to other people of color, um, much more easily because there's always something to talk about with people of color. There's always the, oh, we're the only two black people. Or, oh shit, this is a black ass bus. It's all black folks. This is what I'm looking for. This is the experience, experience of my dreams. You know what I mean? To experience the, di the diaspora abroad. I love it. I thrive. That is one of my favorite things to do when I travel is not just see how the black locals of an area um, live and experience themselves and be black in wherever country it is. But I also love meeting other black people from different places in the world while I'm abroad and we're both abroad and we're experiencing each other in this space. And it always makes for a much easier conversation. Um, I find that when I am in the minority 
in the group that I'm in, it's much more difficult for me to, um, I guess, feel included in conversations or to really want to um, as readily engage with other people as well. Um, I mean, because there's the idea of we have something in common because we, of course, all booked the same shit. We're interested, obviously, in some things that are the same. But um, alas, it's I also find that there um, that non I don't want to say non-blacks, but white people, but it's not just white people, that people that aren't, oh shit, oh, that's another kind of conversation. I know I'd asked Mickey if she identified as a woman of color and she said, no, she just sees herself as Chinese. And I don't know if that's because she lives in China and everybody, not everybody, but the vast majority of people that she has to identify herself with are um, just Chinese. So there is no way, there is no reason, if you will, to identify yourself as um, necessarily anything other than Chinese. I don't know. I guess that's another conversation to have with someone that lives in a very, um, or in a rather monolithic um, environment. But um, yeah, identifying different foreigners, if you will, as people of color, neither here nor there. I find that I and experience myself as being a social being much more easily in situations where I am surrounded by other people of color, especially black people. Um, so for me, I also like to um, check in with myself. I bring a journal with me when I travel. And even though I don't always write in it, I am always aware that I want to write in it. And it kind of prompts me to Okay, check in. How do you feel right now? What about this are you enjoying? What about this are you not enjoying? What are things that you're looking to accomplish in the time that you have left here? What is it that you find different than um, your regular life? Just simple self-check-ins. I do this on my trips and it has kind of fostered a sense uh, a, a larger sense of gratitude and appreciation, not only for um, my ability to travel financially and just um, just having the, not necessarily the knowledge, because I still don't know everything, but for having the curiosity to figure out how to get myself to certain places in a lot of instances. So for, for me, those self-check-ins have been a very critical part of my experience when I'm abroad. So I would definitely suggest when you travel to not just do the stuff, but to be in, like, be present in those experiences. Sometimes take a step back, don't take the photo. Just try to do a mental snapshot, if you will, Try to do a emotional snapshot, register and check in with how you feel. Because when the memory of what you saw fades, hopefully the memory of how you felt doesn't feel. And I know that I have seen that happen in a lot of different uh, travel experiences where I get disappointed that I don't memorize what the, the photo in my mind is but I always remember and hold on to how I felt. So I may not remember the exact trail that I walked or a lot of the different really beautiful things that I saw when I hiked that mountain. I think it was Mount Bantor in, um, what's the last place I went to? Um, Bali. But I bet you a bitch remember how difficult it was to get up that bitch in the dark with um, like the, what? What's the muscle in the back? Not necessarily your Achilles, but like that muscle in your calf, like my, that whole shit was burning. Like it was, I was in quite a bit of pain doing that hike, but I pushed on and I remember just feeling, um, so much pride in myself for getting to the top, but then also for knowing what my limits were. I was hiking with a bunch of, um, you know, younger people. And so they were just going at it, going at it. And I ain't that old and I'm not that out of shape, but 
some shit is harder than other things. And I made sure to stick to going my pace. I would not break my own personal pace. And that felt good to listen to my body, listen to myself, and to still be able to finish, accomplish what it is I set out to accomplish at my pace. And it was kind of like a reminder that you're okay with doing it your way sometimes, you know? So I'd like to reiterate that those self check-ins can be a really, really valuable tool to help you continue to um, remember and experience these trips that you're going on in a much um, more vast and a broader sense. Um, so yeah, and those are, I think that goes back to the... Um, Souvenirs episode, like self-souvenirs. I really enjoyed that episode. So if you haven't listened to that one, scale back, scale back to self-souvenirs. That's a really fun one, loosely based on, well, is it loosely based? Yeah, I think, no, it's, that's basically what that episode is on, I think. So there's that on that. And what was the last one? Oh, this one, I would like to, the last one is, the the mask right so my pause in this one is I know that this is one of those episodes that I said where I have these grandiose future ideas so I don't want to um and that's why I saved this one for last because I want to just do a loose little con I don't want to call it a combo because it's legit just me right but I know that I have a I have an idea for where this can go. So I'm just going to keep this one at um the way we use travel to mask problems, right? The way we use travel as a defense mechanism. It is such a first world um problem to have. And I can't say that I feel bad about it per se, but I know that Travel can definitely be used as an escape. And generally, it's, I don't think that that is anything new. I think that people have been using travel as a getaway for as long as travel's been around, right? You're ultimately leaving one thing and going someplace else. So it is literally and figuratively a getaway. But more to the figurative side of it is using it as a mask for the things that you're trying to get away from the same way people use um drugs alcohol sex um money like i truly am seeing now how running away from feelings is turning into running away from life to an airport and this is me checking myself and i know that i do this so I tend to avoid things that make me uncomfortable, period. If it makes me uncomfortable, I want to do it. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, I'm grown. I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. Yeah, we do plenty of things in life that we don't want to do. And that's one of those things where this is me being candid with y'all. I definitely grapple with. I am, of, I've been for a long time, someone that is very big on immediate gratification. If it's not something that I want to do, I'm not going to do it. If it's something that I want to do, that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I think that that also started showing when I had more autonomy. Because I remember in college, I if I didn't want to go to the class, I wasn't going. If I didn't want to do said party or event, wasn't happening. So that, now that I know what I know about travel and that it's not that expensive and that it's not out of my reach, I can kind of add that to the list of things that I do to avoid things that make me uncomfortable. So as a closing remark, I will definitely say, consider what travel is for you in terms of what you may be trying to avoid, whether it's you posting all of your really um, fly travel photos and, um, you know, trying to, Put on for the gram, if you will, because you know how some people 
post the life they want, but live a different life. Um, be careful that if that's not something that you want for your life, because again, your life is yours, not mine. You do what the fuck you want with your shit. And I do with mine, what I choose. But if that's not something that you are looking to do, check in with yourself. Why did you choose this destination? Did you choose it because someone else went there? Did you choose it because, oh, I can get these kind of photos here? Did you choose it because, oh, I'm curious about this environment or I'm curious about this or guess what? It's where I could afford to go. So, bitch, that's where I'm at. What are the reasons why you're choosing the destinations that you go to? What are the reasons why you're choosing to stay at the places that you stay at? Why you're choosing to book the experiences that you book? Make sure that you're checking in with yourself in terms of how you experience yourself while you're there and in terms of why you're doing the certain things you do while you travel. Remember to stay true to yourself in its core, especially if you're traveling solo. It is such an incredible opportunity for you to um, branch out. Um, to not just, cause it's just you, you choose what you want to do. If you know that you're interested in history, or if you're interested in the arts, you can choose to tailor your trip to fit those, um, interests while you're abroad, as opposed to, Hey, my homegirl actually doesn't like the arts. She's more of a, you know, I don't know, um, dancing personal dancing is the arts. But she's more, okay, so say you're into visual arts. You do the paintings and the galleries and the photos and the sculptures and all that shit. I'm not exactly into that. I'm more of a history girl. And if we're going to do arts, I would prefer to go watch some dancing or um, a play or some shit like that. So if we're going on a group trip, you can go to the Museum of Art and I'm going to want to go to the Natural History Museum. So it's those kind of things that I mean. You can do what the fuck you want to do for the most part when you get to these trips when, you know, cost being a barrier or not a barrier in whatever sense it may be for you on whatever trip. All But what my point is, be sure to be aware of why you're doing certain things. Keep those things in mind. Don't let the trip turn into a display as opposed to a reflection. You want it to reflect what it is you find to be your core values or your core and key interests and the things that you want to um, experience. Be sure to be aware of what it is you are using for the gauge as to um, your motives or the gauge to your actions, whether it is a reflection or a, um, what's the other thing I said? Fuck. Yeah, I just said it, y'all. Run back and rewind it if you don't remember, because I don't. Um, so yeah, be aware of what you're doing, why you're doing it, and um, check in with yourself. So be sure to follow me on the Instagrams, underscore D carry or travel and shit using the exclamation mark in actually no on Instagram is the I. So just travel and shit then underscore. Um, I would love for brand consistency and to be able to put an exclamation mark, but that is still not a thing you can do apparently um, on the gram for now. Um, there's Facebook. I don't really use it. Um, I think basically anything that's on the Instagram goes to the travel and shit on uh, Facebook. You can head over to dcarry.com. Oh, and make sure you guys are checking out my IGTV. Um, I was going to say IGTV stories, but I'm pretty sure those are two distinctly different things. But be sure to check out the IGTV. I have been posting episodes from my six piece in a carry on series where I have been breaking down how I focus on the six main things that I concern myself with when I travel. That's Google, accommodations, nightlife, food. Um, shit, it's easier for me to just look it up, y'all. I've worked all day. 
So I'm going to read what the six are to you as opposed to me trying to remember. All right. Okay. Oh shit. Duh. So wellness, Google, food, accommodations, experiences, and nightlife. In a nutshell, those are the six things that I always think about when I go someplace. So the easiest thing for me to do was to break um, down what I do in each of those thought processes and make it a really fun experience for you guys to have with me. So I was basically a tourist in my home city. I was a tourist here in New York and I used those six things and basically put them into um, practice here. So I made sure to um, partner with and might I proudly say the entire series was done supporting businesses of color and um, unsigned artists and to um, down to my camera woman. Again, thank you to Hydea. She's not common on Instagram and to even down to all of the music that was um, used to partner with all the, uh, the videos, all artists of color. And so far I've launched, not launched, but I posted the Google video. I posted the accommodations video. Thank you again to my cousin Rochelle for um, sitting down and chatting it up with me about her experience as an Airbnb host. That was last week's episode, which you can visually see the full um, interview that we did on YouTube. And you can see her mini episode of the series on IGTV. And then to, I think was it today? It was today's Tuesday, right? Yeah, it was today. I posted um, the food, no, the nightlife episode. So again, thank you to um, Kevin Bradford, co-owner of Harlem Hops. I am a beer girl. I love, love, love a really good craft beer, but that's always one of the things that I do in every country that I go to. I will go to a random store and just buy the beer that I've seen the most often, or I'll just pick one up and run with it. I love having beers from every place that I go to. So even home. I prefer beer over um, alcohol. So it was a real, and plus I actually like Harlem hops. Like I'd been there before I did um, the series and service is great. The beers are incredible. Their backstory is incredible. They're an, they are the first fully black owned craft beer um, bar in um, I think period just in the United States, but they are located in Harlem. And um, thank you again to them for opening their doors to myself and to Hydea so that we could film there and for taking the time to speak with me. So those are the three videos that I've posted so far. Head over to IG, definitely check that out. Let me know what you guys think. So far, the response, event, the response has been great. And um, pretty much that should be it, guys. Um, yeah, so I will see you Next, oh, I hope you had a safe, if you've completed Halloween already, hope it was safe. If not, I hope that um, y'all have a good one. Have fun, be safe, um, have fun with your kids. It's good weather, except for the rain. So, yep. All right, guys, bye.